That's the cool thing about creative finance is there's so many ways, there's so many avenues, there's so many solutions. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Hello Hey Market, the podcast where we talk about how to build wealth through real estate. My name is Elise Hill. And I'm Daniel Nice. And we are real estate agents, homeowners, and investors here to share our journey and the tips and tricks we learn along the way with you. All right. So today we're going to be talking to Mr. Mike Capello. Mike, welcome. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Appreciate it. Now we brought Mike on to talk about a type of creative financing called subject to financing, right? Now, Mike, out of everyone that I know in real estate knows the most about this subject, right? And going into 2023, Mm -hmm. uh, the talk around the water cooler here at the office is that creative financing is going to become more and more valuable and not less valuable. So, Mike, welcome to today's podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your history, and how you came into learning about Subject 2. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Excited to be here. Excited to talk about Subject 2. It is definitely a buzzword of the last probably six months to a year um, with kind of the shift in the market and and what we're seeing with more inventory and, and properties sitting on the market it's a good it's a good way to help your sellers and as an investor to buy property right now i'm working as an investor we're investing mostly in, in front royal and we are buying cash we're buying with creative finance subject to seller finance and just looking for opportunities to help sellers that may be in difficult situations so sub two is is one way we do that. Excited to, to answer some questions and talk a little bit more about it. Perfect. All right. So one of the things I wanted to start off with was just defining terms, right? So for those out there who don't understand creative finance, uh, maybe what is that? And then we can delve deeper into specifically what subject two is. Sure. Yeah. Creative finance is is just sort of an overarching term for a little bit of non-traditional ways to buy property, sell property, acquire property. And sub two, to me, sub two is, is just one tool in, in the tool belt of creative finance as a whole. My understanding of sub two financing is that I see that interest rates out there right now are in the sevens or eights or whatever we're afraid they may even rise to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I find a homeowner who has a mortgage with a 30-year fixed rate, maybe yep. 3%. Yep. And I find that attractive. I'm like, I wish I had that. Yep. Well, what if instead of buying the house, paying off his mortgage and obtaining my own fresh new mortgage at the 7% rate, what if I just agreed to pay his existing mortgage yep. and keep it in place in his name? Is yep. that basically sub two? Yeah, that is sub two. Sub two is just taking over an existing mortgage instead of going to a bank and getting a new loan at 8% or whatever the interest rate's going to be in the next, you know, six months. Um, you're just taking over that existing seller's loan and making payments on it. Essentially, you become the owner of the property, but you're paying his or her mortgage. A really good analogy for this that, that one of my mentors uses is he compares subject to to buying groceries basically so everybody goes to the store you buy groceries right when you go to the store and buy groceries and you put those groceries onto a credit card you're creating a debt with american express with bank of america whoever it is it doesn't matter now when you walk out of that grocery store you receive a receipt and so essentially we've created a debt and you've created essentially your receipt your your proof of ownership and it's basically the same thing as buying a, a property sub two. It doesn't matter who holds the debt, but you now have control of the property, control of the asset. You own the property, 
you're paying the debt of the seller and the debt remains in their name. Yeah, that's beautiful. Now, are there different ways of setting this up? So for example, I've heard of people who set up a like, like a mortgage, I don't know what the term is. Like there's a mortgage company that mm -hmm. pays the debt for you. Yeah. Is that the only way of doing sub two? There always has to be. I think be... it's the best way to do it. It's it's the safest way. The uh, mortgage servicing company essentially That's or a servicing right. company. So so you're not taking over the seller's you know payment and going onto their account and paying their mortgage pay payment mm -hmm. through Wells Fargo or whatever through their account. You set up essentially a middleman who who does all the transacting. So you send payment to the to the servicing company and then the servicing company pays the bill. And if there's any other debts that need to be paid, they pay those and make sure that the seller receives notification that the payment's been made. And there are a lot of professional companies out there that are doing that. So let, let's say I know a guy who wants to sell this way mm -hmm. and I'm the one who wants to buy this way, yeah. right? So I've already got the house and the seller in mind, but I don't know the process. And yeah. I call you up and I say, hey, Mike, I've heard of this fancy thing called sub two, but I don't know how to act, exactly do it. Yeah. I've already agreed to a price with the seller. Mm -hmm and uh, we're ready to rock. What do, what's my next step? What would you help me do? Best way and what I would recommend doing is either doing a partnership, so bringing in somebody that's a subject expert, you know, somebody that's, that's done these types of transactions, because there is a lot of nuance to it. It's not overly complicated, but there's certain paperwork that you need in place. There's certain, uh, there's certain documents that you need. There's certain procedures that you need to go through. You need to find a title company that will be willing to do a subject to transaction, because not every title company is going to do a subject to transaction. So just have Having those resources lined up, I would definitely recommend finding somebody that is doing subject to transactions. There's several ways you can structure a deal. Either you pay them some kind of assignment fee or you do a JV with them to learn and understand and get some of the paperwork that you need and, and those types of things. So. so this is very high level stuff. Like it's all going above <laughs> my head, to be quite frank. Yeah. So why would a buyer opt for this? Sure. Yeah, that's that's one of the you know questions that I hear a lot. Why yeah. why would I want to do this? The main reason and the biggest reason is to make more money in this market. That's going to be the number one reason that I'm going to tell a buyer why you should do this. I can pay you more money if I can take over your loan and make payments on your loan because that's going to save me the trouble of number one, having to go to a bank, going through the process of acquiring a new loan, having a new loan in my name having a higher interest rate, all these things are very valuable to me. So I'd be much more willing to pay you more money. Whereas if I'm just going to offer you cash to get out of the property, that offer is going to be much lower because I'm taking on a lot more risk in that situation. In this situation, you've already got the loan. Uh, presumably you have a lower interest rate and uh, you're going to save me a lot of hassle with having to go through a bank to, to acquire the property and, and take ownership of it. So. so then another question, the buyer is not putting their name on the loan? No, the, the loan stays in the seller's name okay. and then the property is deeded then to the buyer of the property. The deed is in the, is in the buyer's name and the loan stays in the seller's name. So who does the buyer pay the money to then? Right, the buyer will set up a servicing company. You'll make payments to the servicing company and the servicing company will take care of paying the mortgage, paying any sort of taxes, paying any other fees or any other HOA or anything like that. So they're kind of like an intermediary between the buyer and the seller. Essentially, yeah. the seller doesn't really have anything to do at that point. They're basically done with the property for all intents and purposes, aside yeah. from the fact that the mortgage is remaining in their name. Yeah. So then going to the seller side, I'm mm -hmm. hearing that it's beneficial for the seller because they're getting offered more 
more right. money more potentially, money for the right? right? Because from the perspective of the seller, my understanding is you want to sell for the highest price you can, mm -hmm. right? When I'm thinking <clears> as a <throat> seller how to sell for the highest dollar amount, it's easier to sell if you have more potential buyers. And at 7%, there's less buyers mm -hmm. than at 3% interest rates, yeah. right? So if my existing loan is at a lower rate than the prevailing market rates, you would potentially be able to sell for more mm -hmm. because people can afford more. Yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, that's that's exactly it. So you're you're providing that value to the buyer as the seller. Say, hey, I've got this two and a half percent interest rate here. My property's been sitting on the market. I, I can't find a buyer because I bought it two years ago at the top of the market, and now I need to sell it and move because of my job. I have this great interest rate, but I need a certain number to get out of this place. Otherwise, I'm going to end up writing a check to get out of here. I'm going to have to pay closing costs, I'm going to have to pay, you know, realtor fees. You know, you can find a buyer that's going to come in, take over your mortgage sub two, take over your great interest rate. And it's a win-win really for both sides. Yeah. So I have a question. This is not the same as assuming a loan. No, this is not the same as assuming a loan. In, in, in an assumption, the loan is going into the buyer's name in the, at that point. Okay. In the sub two, the, the loan stays in the, in the seller's name. So then the buyer is paying like a third party company that was that is paying the mortgage. Yeah, paying mm -hmm. the mortgage the servicing loan. company, right? right? And it yep. doesn't really particularly matter what kind of loan the seller has, no. right? Just because it's a VA loan doesn't mean you have to have a VA buyer anymore to get the, the credit because it stays mm -hmm. in the seller's name. Right. So the only thing that's happening is you're just contracting with the servicing company to make sure the payment happens. Exactly, yeah. And again, the seller will receive notification from, from the servicing company that payment's been made. And there are some other protections there for the seller as well. There's what's called a performance deed. It's really a performance clause. So is that the type of deed that we get? Is it a separate, is it a new? No, essentially it is a clause in the paperwork that says if the buyer fails to pay the mortgage, even for a month, the seller is then allowed to basically take take that property back over. They don't have to, but they can step in without any questions, without any court, without anything, and they re they reassume ownership of the property. But the house is in the the buyer, or the title is in the buyer's name. Well, so that that's why this that's why this clause exists. is in there. It essentially, oh, reverts the deed back. To and the seller. That, and does that okay. exist in the contract or does that exist in the deed? It's in the contract. Okay. It's in the contract. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So then are there any repercussions for this? Because like, I feel like this is like a, <laughs> since everything's going over my head, it's yeah. like, am I going to miss something? Is, is there something no. that I need to be aware of if this happens, either buyer or a lister? Yeah. The only other thing, I mean, th there are certain things, but one major other thing to discuss is the due on sale clause. This is another big topic that's important for both the buyer and the seller to understand. When you assume a mortgage as a buyer, when you, you know, let somebody assume your mortgage as a seller, ideally the mortgage company doesn't, they don't care. The mortgage is being paid. They don't care who's paying it. They don't care where that money's coming from. If for some reason they were to find out either the, the notes not performing, the, the payments aren't being made, or if the seller were for some reason to notify the mortgage company that they're no longer the owners of the property, the mortgage company can essentially call that note due at that point by using what's called the due on sale clause, meaning they find out that I own the property, but the seller's still on, on the mortgage. They call that note due, meaning I have to pay that entire note. Mm -hmm. Basically, it's due, like within you 60 as the days seller. as the buyer, because I'm the one that owns the property now. Sorry if that's a little bit... That is confusing, because yeah. when it says due on sale, I would imagine the person that they have a contract with is the bank has a contract with 
the person who borrowed the money. The right, but they no longer own the property. The property is owned by the buyer. Right. So, but isn't the property just collateral? No, the property is. Remember, is one hundred percent owned by the buyer. The buyer owns the property. They they are deeded the property. Right. The mortgage, the debt is still in the, is in the seller's name, right. but the debt is on the house. The debt is not on not on the buyer. The collateral is the house. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. So in other words, so when they're saying it, when it's due on sale, if they were hypothetically to call it due, right? Like let's say, yeah. uh, it happened. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's like not it, like it's not happened. It, it does happen. But as a buyer, you know, there are ways to. You, you can then refinance. You can either maybe pay the house off. You can find a private lender. I mean, there are ways to sort it out and usually have mm-hmm. some time to figure those things out. Yeah. But it's pretty rare. Again, a mortgage company is not going to want to stop a performing note. Right. right. They, they don't care yeah. who's making the payments. Yeah. They just want And maybe as best practice, don't call them up and alert them either. That is in the contract. That is in, in the purchase agreement between the buyer and the seller, basically saying, hey, seller, we're, we're agreeing this is happening, right? Let's mm-hmm. not go back to the mortgage company and say, I no, I no longer own this property. Yeah. Because then they might they might call that note due at that point. Yeah, but so I've got a scenario for you. Let's sure. say we find a seller and the house is maybe market value three hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. And the mortgage is like two hundred thousand, mm-hmm. and there's a hundred thousand dollar gap. Yeah. Do you ever have a scenario where you actually have a you're assuming that two hundred thousand yep. dollar note, but then there's also the hundred thousand dollar gap that maybe you are agreeing to pay above and beyond that note. Mm-hmm. Is that something that then gets financed from a third party how would you handle that yeah there's again the, the beautiful thing about creative finance is there's there's no right way or wrong way there's just what makes sense for both parties so one way you could structure it would be what, what we call a hybrid deal you could take over that 200k subject to maybe the seller would be willing to seller finance you that second hundred maybe they don't need the cash right away it's an investment property or they have other plans and they're not going to buy another property they don't need the 100k right away it's an opportunity for them to potentially make a little bit more money because you can then turn them into the bank. So you say, hey, I'll I'll take over your 200K mortgage and then you can seller finance me the other 100K. I'll give you 10K down. That other 90K, I'll make payments to you over the next X amount of years. And I'll even pay you some interest too. So you can make some, you can make a little bit more money. Yeah. You could go to a private lender, and uh, if they if they said no, I, I need that hundred k. Like yeah. I got to go move. I got bills to pay. I got debt to pay. Go to a private lender and work out a deal to pay them off their hundred k. Then you take over the rest. And then your your servicing company is then paying your private lender. You know whatever that monthly payment is or whatever that monthly interest is. So that's the cool thing about creative finances. There's so many ways. There's so many avenues. There's so many solutions. Yeah. So with the investors who are uh, using this strategy that you've mm-hmm. seen, uh, do you feel like they favor one type of use for the property over and above the rest? Like, is it primarily used for Airbnbs or long-term rentals, sure. or is it very diverse? No, I think it just depends on the investor. What's their exit strategy? What what are they into? Um, right now, we're buying and holding as Airbnbs because that's what we like. And we've found a good market for it. A lot of people will wrap them or they'll do lease options or they'll do wholesale. You can wholesale a sub two, just like you can wholesale like a cash deal. So it really just depends on your exit strategy. I mean, there's no, again, there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, a lot of people want to have their end in mind. What's my exit strategy before they even go into that deal? I want to know this is what either what I want to do with it or 
have a few different ways of, of exiting that deal. Well, I've been sitting here listening to you talk and I've <clears> seen, <throat> I, I can't not see your hat, yeah. right? Sell Simply. <laughs> so what is that? And, yeah. and tell us a little bit about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I appreciate you noticing. Sell Simply is our investment business. And right now we're focused on Front Royal, but we have hopes of expanding from there, kind of testing that market. We really like it. I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Sell Simply is a investment company. So we're looking to buy property. We're looking to wholesale property. We're looking to flip property. I consider myself not so much an investor, but more of a just a problem solver. Put me in front of a seller. I want to understand their story. I want to understand their background. I want to understand their their problems. And I want to be able to provide them a solution, whether that's sub two, whether that's seller finance, whether that's sending them to an agent, if that's the best way to do it. It's just about understanding people and understanding their problems and finding the solutions for them. So that's what Sell Simply is to me. And I'm really excited about it. I just like the challenge of figuring out the best way to help people. Who do you help and why? Are you talking mostly to, like, who would you consider your clientele? Is it the distressed seller or is it the investor client? What think, are you? No, I think what they're doing is they're servicing those who are, who know they need to sell their houses, yeah. but they have like unique situations where they're like, I don't know if a, a regular realtor is going to be able to help. Right. So that sounds like a realtor without a license is what it sounds like, but I know you're a licensed realtor. Yeah, I mean, it's really any seller. It's not necessarily just distressed sellers. That is a big avatar of ours is going after distressed sellers, but it could be any seller that has a need to sell a property that doesn't want to sell a traditional way with, with a real estate agent. Either they need a fast transaction. Sometimes we can close in, in two weeks and they don't want to have an open house and have people in and out of their property and have to pay realtor fees and pay closing costs. And a lot of times we will pay those things. It's just another avenue for sellers that gotcha. don't necessarily want to sell on market. To me, it, it sounds very similar to just being an agent, right? But a very niched down mm -hmm. focused agent sure. on helping sell in unconventional ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that? Yeah. And it is. Anybody can do it to like agent plus. It is. It is. That's what it, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's just another tool. My pitch to agents would be understand seller finance, understand sub two, understand innovation and all these creative finance things, because you can do it too. It, it's not and just investors that can do it. Like anybody you, can do this. And you created self simply, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And do you have partners or is it a one man show? No, I mean, it is in the sense that I'm the one right now that's doing a lot of the appointments and, and meeting with sellers and doing that. Mm -hmm. But Rob's obviously involved. He's, he's helping mm -hmm. me, you know, get off the ground and, and we're working together on structuring deals and buying properties together and um, a lot of the exciting stuff that he's involved with. And uh, do you have a vision for the next couple of years? Yeah, we're really trying to saturate Front Royal Market right now, be the go-to buyers in Front Royal. I'm connecting with agents. I'm looking for these unconventional deals. We want to buy a lot of property right now. I yeah. think Sub2 and Seller Finance opens up so many doors for us to acquire property right now. There's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of properties that are sitting on the market where we could come in and provide solutions to people and be their go-to for these quote-unquote problem properties. Either they're sitting yeah. or the seller's in pre-foreclosure. There's so many different situations where we can help out, where we can provide solutions. Well, you know, Elise and I are thinking about buying a Front Royal. Yeah, yeah because, you should. Because right now we're right at that turning point in our agent career where we're, we can still afford a USDA loan mm -hmm. without yeah. going over the limit, but we're about to. Yeah, yeah. And so we're like, if we're going to get a, a USDA loan, this is kind of the time. Yeah. But even if I look at what I can get as a rate for USDA loan, mm -hmm. it still looks more attractive to do a sub two. Yeah. <laughs> we live in Leesburg right now, but businesses out that 
way. My wife works from home and I'm kind of like, you know, if, if we came across something sub two that was attractive, like I would move out there and like maybe just live there for a couple of years while yeah. we get the business set yeah. up. You know, it'll just be another investment property. We can move back to Leesburg when yeah. the kids are grown and, and going to school and whatever. But yeah. I'm seriously thinking about it. I think I think I have my wife on board, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, that's good. That's good. But that's important. Cool. It is. It is. And it's it's a really interesting market. Like the outskirts of Front Royal, there's some really cool neighborhoods. There's some really yeah. beautiful properties and you can get a lot more obviously out there than you can, yeah. you know, in Fairfax County, Loudoun County. Yeah. Prince yeah. William County. And it's a market that hasn't quite gotten over the edge yet. Like it's still, there's still a lot of opportunity there. There's yeah. still a lot of growth there. I mean, I don't think it's like growing super fast, but I could see in the next five, 10 years, like it's going to be, yeah, it's we were, gonna be a we were at a, a grid event, uh, Matt's yeah. uh, one. And uh, there was a guy there who was, uh, had been in Haymarket mm-hmm. for a long time, right? Haymarket Gainesville. Yep. Right? And he's like, look, I, my biggest regret is that I sold property here, you know, 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> he's That's like, it. if I had it now, I would be rolling, yeah, I know. rolling yeah. in it. Yeah. I mean, Front Royal is like the next one. It's like, to me, you're seeing it in Winchester, like Winchester is like blowing up. Yeah. And Front Royal is just, it's right there. It's actually closer to DC even than Winchester. And it just hasn't like turned yeah. over yet. And there's so much property there's so much potential for development mm-hmm. the downtown mm-hmm. area is really kind of kitschy and cool and is like cute yeah you area? should check it out yeah there's some there's we some cute little be uh, interested in having like a double date with you and your yeah, wife let's sometime. do it let's do it because seriously like there's some cute little <laughs> coffee shops and restaurants i mean it's like you have to go and see it because it's just yeah. kind of like it's interesting like it, it hasn't quite turned you know there's some like mix of like vacant buildings and you're kind of like eh, but then there's like some really cute little shops and like restaurants and stuff yeah. and you can like see the potential there but it just hasn't happened yet and i'm just kind of like yeah. yeah we're getting in good right now and like another thing what sparked our interest was the usda thing which led mm-hmm. us to think more rural which led us to think front royal and yeah. then we thought well buy it for a year, move out, turn it into an Airbnb. But then my hang up was like, Airbnb is going to affect my debt to income Mm. because it's not like I can show the lender a lease. Yeah. Right. But then I thought to myself, well, that's where sub two might come in. Yeah. 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 Because then I don't need to talk to uh, the bank. That's it. Right. So maybe take advantage of the USDA loan while I still can before yeah. I go over that home. Yeah. And then when it's time to move out, I can sub to my we way We should out. go we should go do a day out there, find a little couple cool neighborhoods that you like, and we'll start prospecting. And yeah. That's the funny thing, because we'll be on the MLS, just looking at different houses in Front Royal. Totally. Yeah. yeah, all the time. <laughs> and we're like, oh, this one's really nice. This one, and then whenever we tell anyone, they're like, oh, have you, like, actually checked out the area yeah. and we're no. like no yeah <laughs> that's how we ended up with wendy noel obviously uh, oddly enough is my wife like she just she just sends me properties like all the time and usually i yeah i'll take a look at them but mostly i ignore them and she'll be like oh did you see that one and i'm like, like yeah what i do I <laughs> but she sent me wendy noel i took one look at it and i saw the acreage and i saw where it was and i was like i jumped in the car and i like drove out there called rob I was like rob we gotta like jump I on this thing this man yeah. like yeah. <laughs> And uh, and it worked out. Thankfully, I think it's going to be awesome. But um, how but long yeah. ago was that? God, it feels like forever ago. I guess it was in what maybe June that we closed on it. But um, it was kind of a long process. It was a state yeah. sale. And, was that like, the twenty six acre one? Yeah. Oh, I'm That's really excited awesome. for that. Yeah. yeah. And you guys got to come. We're see not that even too. involved in it, and we're <laughs> excited because we hear about it. Wait till you see it. It's it's really cool. Yeah, because at the meeting you guys were talking about like a possible vineyard yeah. or like whatever, and I'm like, oh, so Daniel, this is you know where we could have our wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it is. It's it's really beautiful, and um, the house is going to be cool there. They're in the midst of deconstructing and reconstructing it, and uh, I'm out there quite a bit, keeping an eye on things. But 
it's just really cool. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited. So yeah. I have a question going back to subject two. Yeah. There, is it shown like on the listing that it's subject to, or how do you, how do buyers know? No, I mean it, it's not going to be on the listing. It's something that somebody would have to essentially pitch to a seller and say, yeah. "Hey, would you be open to this?" It's nothing new. Like this has been going on forever. It's something that's trending right now, and it's becoming more popular. And like I said, it's it's kind of a buzzword right now. So you, I have started to see it a little bit on listings. I've seen it okay. potential investor special sub two. Like I've started to see it come up a little bit. If you yeah. search MLS, you'll see it. You'll see it here and there, spotted around. But no, I mean it's, it's essentially just something that maybe you would pitch yeah. to somebody that has a listing that's been sitting for a while, or just an off-market listing. Yeah, I could definitely see right now, going into 2023, mm-hmm. that this is a time for creative finance because there was a record number of people refinancing to low rates. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a very target-rich environment. So all of you people out there who are sellers who feel like you missed your chance to sell at the top of the market, Mm -hmm. this is for you. Yeah, for sure. Because if you refied and you have a very attractive rate, the demand out there still exists. It's just that the buyers don't feel like they could afford it anymore, Mm -hmm. right? But if they could get access to your rate, Mm -hmm. that becomes very attractive. That's very attractive. Right. It makes everyone walk away from the table feeling like they won yeah. in a way that no one else in the market is. It is the is ultimate winning. win-win. And even for agents too, I think it's so important that agents understand sub two and understand seller finance and understand some of these other creative finance avenues because it's really just another way to sell help your seller out and create some value for them. And even as an agent this is something that you can do. Like these are deals that you can be involved in and and another way for you to make money and another way for you to help people. Like it's so important. It's so important. I think right now for, for, for agents to understand creative finance and sub two. Yeah. 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 Last thing, because I know we've already gone over our time limit and I'm using up your whole day. No. Uh, but this is just a selfish question, selfish question (laughs) for me. Right. So let's say I find something in front Royal that I think would be a good deal right? There's enough meat on the bone Mm -hmm. and uh, I want to buy it just as an investment day one, turn it into an Airbnb, Mm -hmm. right? And I want to use sub two to help get into it, right? Mm -hmm. But to make it an Airbnb, something that you have some experience with, Mm -hmm. there's also going to be other costs not related to the mortgage servicing, Mm -hmm. right? There's going to be costs with getting it ready, furnishing it. Is someone going to have to do that with money that they already have or is hard money like, because you're normally when I think of investing with hard money, you refi out. Mm. So you're not paying those rates forever. Right. How do you see people handling a situation like that? Yeah, I mean, people always go to money when they when they think of these deals, like, where am I going to get the money? But the money is the easy part. The money is the mm-hmm. easy part. If you have a good deal, you're going to be able to find money. All you have to do is, is post it. Hey, I have this really good deal. Who's interested in making, you know, a decent return on their money? Find a private lender. You, you can use hard money depending on what it is. You know, if you have some rehab or something, you know, I would always go the private money route first, reach out to other investors, reach out to, you know, your friends, your family and say, hey, I have this opportunity. I'm buying it sub two. I need to put some work into it. Are you interested in making six, eight, 10 percent, whatever your rate is? Get your money that way. If you have a good deal, if the numbers work, you no know, money is never should never be the obstacle in your way of getting into a deal. Gotcha. So if I find something I give you a call, right? Call you and Rob, y'all, y'all help me figure out the rest. If yeah. I bring the asset, you guys can as help long me figure as it's out a the good, rest. As long as it's a good deal, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and even if it's not, like, 
call me and like let's talk about it like Figure i just want to make it a deal i want to yeah. be i would like to be a resource for for all the agents on, on the team and for any agent really the big part of what i've been doing with sell simply is just reaching out to agents in front royal and saying hey let me be a resource to you like if you come across a seller or you have a listing that that's been sitting and you can't sell and this guy's he needs to get out of this thing like call me like let me talk to you let me talk to the, to the seller let's figure out a way to do it so um, if someone it, were to reach out to you how would they do that yeah absolutely phone is the easiest way give me a call 703-801-8692 facebook mike capello or instagram the Mike Capello. That'd be great. I'd love to talk about deals. Like I'm, I'm passionate about investing, but I want to help people, like mm-hmm. help people out of difficult situations. Nothing has been more rewarding for me since getting into real estate, really, in just in the last few years, than like some of these hardest situations that I've been involved with, with, with people that are in foreclosure and people that are in these difficult situations. They're so thankful just for me figuring out a way to help them out of a problem. And it's like, it's really great. Yeah. And that feeling is, is really what it's about. And I'd love to do the same thing for agents, for, for anybody. Like, let's figure out how to, how to do some of these things. And I think uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for it. I think that was a very clippable moment. It was a good moment. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus question for you, yeah. right? I know I keep stealing your time. No, 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 it's fine. No, I'm happy to. I'm he has all feeling. The right? Another strategy that Elise and I have been contemplating is medium-term rentals, right? Mm. Traveling nurses, yeah. targeting like studios, one, two-bedroom condos mm-hmm. in more populated areas yeah. in between multiple like hospitals, mm-hmm. right? I imagine given that condos are usually like the hardest thing to sell, yeah. that there would be good opportunity there to try to target one of those yeah. and turn it into a performing medium term rental. Because I feel like these condos, there's probably been some refis on them, mm-hmm. probably people who want to sell, but they know condos are yeah. rough to sell, yeah. right? Have you seen anyone do something like that or not having seen I mean, not like, like that? firsthand. I don't, I don't really know anybody that's doing it, but I'm hearing about it. If that's what you're into, like go, you know, there, there's opportunity there. Go for it. I think you're right. I think the condo market is is tough. There's definitely opportunity there. There's always need for that midterm housing, especially like you said, around hospitals, um, yeah, around the airport, yeah. and you know, anything. Um, oh, around an airport. Yeah. Um, so Smart. you know, get within 20 minutes of Dulles. The thing with with Reagan. real estate investing is there's so many ways. There's just so many ways, and 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 shiny uh, object syndrome <laughs> is such a real thing. Like I've spent the last two years. Like you just yeah. see what other people are doing, and you're like, oh, that's so cool. That's a that's, good idea. Oh, this is so cool. Like this is so cool. You have to like that's pick Daniel. a lane and stick. To, I know. Yeah. I'm the same way. It's so hard. Like especially if you start following people on Instagram mm-hmm. or you watch bigger pockets or you listen to podcasts or anything. You, somebody's always got a cool story to tell and they're making all this money and doing this and doing something cool and there's just so many ways to to do it i think the important thing is to is to try and pick one and and do it and get good at it so because i am serious about like if i find several opportunities like if i'm the bird dog who goes out and finds them for these medium-term rentals i give you a call you help me figure out the rest yeah in terms of like money and stuff i mean yeah i'll i'll look at any deal like i don't care what kind of deal is it might not be a deal that i'm doing but i'm happy to look at it i'm happy to talk through it i'm happy to you know connect you with people is there a conflict between you and i doing it where you feel like you're not able to get it because i'm a realtor Uh, what's the concern there because i I figure you could benefit if i'm bringing you a deal oh i just mean like i might not be doing medium-term rentals but that doesn't mean i can't help you analyze you know take a look at the numbers and help you find money and yeah yeah for sure because like the the main thing that's uh preventing me i in my you know 
belief mm -hmm. system that could be flawed is that uh, <laughs> I would have to go to the bank to get the loan no. and that's my debt to income. No, so no. this strategy to me feels like, okay, yeah. well, if I find the right condo with yeah. the right owner who's yeah. willing to sell it because they're struggling, yeah. and then I get a really good rate, yeah. right? I'm happy to talk you through the steps to help you with the conversations, answer any questions. Get them on the phone, like get them on the phone, like call me and say, hey, I've got a question. I've got the seller on the phone. Here's the deal. How can we, how can we work this or and, call and me after? And I also don't want to abuse your time. Is there a way that you would benefit from it? Because you said I would need to find a partner to do a sub two. Yeah, I mean, we could partner on it. Like what does the partner actually bring to the table? People don't realize that the paperwork for subject two for seller finance, like it, number one, it's expensive, like to have an attorney draw it up, like mm -hmm. tens of thousands, like, tens of thousands of dollars for, for drafts and redrafts. And it's not cheap. Um, and people aren't just going to give it away. I mean, you could go yeah. online and look up, you know, sub two paperwork, you might find something, but I would be hesitant. Like, yeah. it, there's a lot of <laughs> risk involved. And there's a lot of money involved. And you know, okay. so because yeah. um, I, I was trying to figure out like, okay, how does this work when I'm writing a contract? Mm -hmm. But it's separate paper. It's, a, it's yeah. separate, separate paperwork. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's not it's not contract. your traditional real estate, you know, contract, yeah. NAR paperwork contract. or whatever. Yeah, it's going to be different paperwork. It's very okay. specific. There's specific, like I said, performance deeds and certain protections that you need to put in there. But I have all of it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, I think I've used up enough of your time today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll be reaching out in the future yeah. when I um, find a bunch of condos that I'm interested in and Let's seeing it. if it's a, a niche that maybe we could expand what we're doing together. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd um, love it. Like I said, I love looking at deals. So let's do yeah. it. Let's take a look, see what we Sweet. can find. Sweet. Thank All you right. guys. Yeah, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you it. so much. <laughs> and uh, I'll uh, talk to you soon, bud. Appreciate it. Thanks, right. Thank you.